My daughter and I, we like to go shooting. And even when she was 12, she said, Papa, you know, I really like shooting. I said, why is that? She goes, it's like meditation. I said, why do you say that? She goes, well, if you don't concentrate, you don't achieve the target. So very young, she realized that shooting, yeah, it's a skill, but it's also mental training. Welcome what up? to the Habits of the Few, what we got for where we discuss habits, rituals, and mindset tactics that you can use to reach your version of success. Yeah. And now, here's your host, Mona Bolsi. All right, everybody, we are live, and we have Eric and Crystal on the call. Uh, I will say this is the first time we've had multiple people at the same time on this podcast. Very excited to to hear that. And I'm very excited, Crystal, to have you on the call because I have been an admirer of your father for three decades, I feel like, almost, since I got into training. Was introduced to Jared Leeper, who was introduced me to Eric, and then uh, it just kind of spiraled out of control. I mean, I, I watched some of his uh, videos that he does. He had some, uh, what do you call them, like keynotes? Just yeah. to just to get like motivated. I'm like, all right, I'm I'm not doing enough. I'm not doing enough. Come on, Charles, let's go. You know, it's be motivating. <laughs> yeah. 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 He was he was an incredible man, and uh, I know we're gonna dive deep into that conversation, but I I just want to ask you. This is a question that I've just it's been in my mind since we found out about this call, Crystal. <clears throat> How was it like? Growing up with such a, I don't, I don't want to say the world masculine because that word has just been destroyed. But a, a a a powerful, kind, intelligent human being as a father, and and being able to see through through the eyes of you know third person, obviously, um, it, it just seems like he is how I want to raise my girls because I I have all girls. I have three three daughters. And, you know, two of them are going to be going into Brazilian jiu-jitsu here next year. And and I'm just it's it's so cool to be able to see that. So my question is to you, was it was it as amazing as it as it looked or were there times where you're just like, man, dad, just leave me alone. I just want to chill and be on Snapchat. Um, That's such a hard question to answer. I feel like any relationship, there's pros or cons to yeah. it. I mean, I'm so grateful for that experience, just him as a parent, especially when it's come to like how I approach sports, school, anything like that. Um, I guess the only downside is sometimes it did feel so intense because he was so used to such a competitive level that I felt one that I couldn't even get close. And I guess he was so amazing to be around, but just because of that, I felt so overwhelmed a lot of the time, especially with the people he introduced me to, because then I would find out what they did and I would just be like a little kid, but I'd so badly want to be at that level and understand everything they were talking about, which in reality, you just can't do it that age or even probably to this age I wouldn't be able to keep up with my dad <laughs> um was, was yeah. it like a combination of just um inspiration and maybe a little bit of overwhelm because it, it sounds like you were inspired a little bit oh most definitely and especially like my father was someone you would want to impress yeah and he would always reward for lack of a better word reward behavior if he knew that it was coming out of like hard work more than anything else like if i just did something and i was just good at it i wouldn't get the same kind of response or praise if i wasn't good at it before or if i had just worked my ass off and then got to where it was actually impressive or that kind of stuff. So that has definitely pushed me in a lot of other areas because I don't think praise is absolutely necessary, nor do I think it's always want warranted. So I think there's a lot right. more value out of working than the reward comes later. 
I guess. So and that's was there I'd was the reward uh, like I guess was the reward um, did he did he reward based on effort? Oh, most yeah, most definitely, and just he could always detect my attitude towards yeah. things, and um, I think this definitely tied in with his career as well because I know that. So my dad had a grateful log and then he made me have one. And I know that a couple of his athletes, yeah, also had one. So I think that made me reflect on my attitude in other ways. So I think just kind of the reward from him was just how he perceived me. And if I was approaching things with the right attitude, because if I didn't, he would notice straight away. <clears throat> yeah, I, I, I find that interesting. And and also because I've heard things from the perspective of like Eric's, you know, being being a strength coach, like I've heard stories from, um, you know, people that have been close to him where he has been beyond generous and like the humility behind his actions and and just just the fact that he just wants to wants to see people succeed. It's so funny, like. You know, the, the, the formula is, is like, you want to make a million dollars? Well, solve a million problems or help a million people. And it's like, he truly, for me, he exemplified what I truly believe in, which is the law of reciprocity. And, and I just, it, 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 it's so cool to see, but Eric, I, I was curious to know, like your perspective as a strength coach, you know, you gave me a story where he was, you know, you guys were working a lot together and, and, and the things that he was able to help you know, help you throughout your career um, as a strength coach, but also as a business owner, as an entrepreneur. Um, would, would you mind just kind of sharing a little bit more about that? Eric, you're muted, brother. I know it's late. Come on, old man. <laughs> I do it all the time, so it's okay. <laughs> Hang on, let's see here. Yeah, you you muted yourself, so I cannot unmute you. This is this is why we record. This is okay. It's okay. That's all right. Do you see on your screen a little mic button? You hear me there now? we go. What's up, senor? Ah, okay. All right. Uh, all right. I had to change because the other one like uh, cut off. I, I guess. You're fine. So yeah. So the one of the things that we had uh, when we had we were in seminars is that we always have uh, supper after that. So one night he um, he just said let's go for supper. He knew that I wanted to open a gym and like I wanted to have like uh, uh, like maybe an hour talk with him and that's it because I knew like all the other coaches wanted to talk to him. So I said, I just need an hour of your time. So let's go eat. All right. So we went to eat. So we stayed there like more than two hours and he gave me everything. But the thing is that we had, we were in a, like it was a chicken and fries place, like very ordinary, but we had like paper um, towels for your, uh, like to put your dish on. Okay. So all the notes were on that, but like I'm sure Crystal, you know how he writes. So it's like it was like I had to chicken scratch. I knew everything yeah. that was written there, but if if I was show it show it to you, it was like a dirty plate and wouldn't look nice. But I still have that that paper. But everything that he told me on that night, I did, and uh, that's why now I'm working. I just opened up my uh, dojo as well, so it's like it's growing and it's growing i i'm a bit more on the patient side he wasn't but like we reach a, a certain point but it's like it, it was really really helpful for everything i did because that's like my mostly my second gym i had one with him i was called the polykin performance center in montreal like a while back and uh he then he also showed us like a lot of uh like uh, business uh, sense with uh, the, the the everything that has to go with the gym, like the equipment, uh, how to do uh, packages, and everything that has is related to business with uh, gyms and, and all that. And I still use what he showed me today. And I think it's like, if not 
more than a, like 90% of what I'm doing now is because of what everything showed me be before. So it's, it was really helpful. And like when I do the internships uh, with my students, I do the exact same thing. That's what I want to share because that's how it changed, like how I see business, how I see how I'm going to deal with clients as well. Because every, uh, every detail that I do with the evaluation, I learned from him. Like I, I've reached out to all the other coaches and I've learned from many coaches, but like I can honestly say that I run with most of the things that he, he showed me before. So it's still valuable today. And when I do internships, that's what I share with uh, my uh, my uh, students. Oh, that's great. I want to ask you both this question. It just popped in my head. You know, being in the space that you are and being who you are and who you were raised by, um, what's your take on the – this is a I'm trying to – I'm trying to make something very generic, very specific. The – Industry as a whole, the health and fitness, the strength community, you know, I'm, I, I, in another life, I was, uh, I was in the advertising space for two decades. It's what I did. Um, and I worked with a lot of people and some of the people that I worked with were, you know, personal trainers and, and gym owners and things like that. <clears throat> now we live in a world where the health and fitness community is incredibly saturated with you know, showcasing a physique that dictates whether or not you will be generating business and, and creating a brand. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like the reversal. Whereas how I was raised and what I've seen and what you guys have seen is that you develop the skill, you have the knowledge, you develop the expertise and you put in the hours, you put in the time and you really refine that. And yet people are almost dissuade from that versus the, 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 the uh, outside of like, maybe like the elite athletes, right. You know, like the, mm -hmm. like the, uh, like the, what is it? Uh, the, the Sean, the strong man, I forget him, Sean, uh, Brian Shaw, like the Brian Shaws of the world, right. Hapthor Bjornsson of the world, uh, you know, Eddie Hall, mm -hmm. things like that, where they would hire someone with a tremendous amount of expertise and knowledge, like a Charles Paulquin, like a coach Eric, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, but unfortunately, we're because of social media, because of where everything has been heading, especially in a, in a platform like TikTok, where it's microdosing information, um, and, and and most of that information, it's just like, hey, I'm gonna rub my abs, and I'm gonna show you how to make a six pack, and mm -hmm. you know, with, without understanding that, well, this guy may be on anabolics, and he has no knowledge has no efficacy, no, no experience whatsoever. So how does that, how does that, I guess, do, do you feel like it's been tarnished? Do you feel like it's been, um, you, you know, it, it's evolved into something that it shouldn't be, or is, do you think there's, I mean, obviously there's still a place for, for the top guys like yourself, but do you feel that because of the industry of where it is today, it is almost soiled the good name of really what health and fitness is? In a sense, mm -hmm. who wants to go first? Yeah. Go, Crystal. Oh, go, Crystal. Then, like, I honestly don't like where it's going. Yeah. Because it's, I'm, I always did the basics and it always works. Okay. If you start with the basics. But now people are looking for the most flashy or the most um, innovative techniques, and then that's it. They're gonna make their opinion on a small video of like one minute of that guy, and then okay, that's gonna be the next big thing. And you you gotta be. Uh, create some interesting stories in uh, Instagram as well and stories or whatever and that's uh, to to have a big break or to be like important or to be success successful now which before was like with what you have done before but now people don't really look into that or it's the second thing they're, they're going to do but again it's like 
it's more it's going more towards the uh online training now and we know that online training usually it's like you you have a few packages but everybody gets the same program usually yep and yep. uh you go and it's like a big market but not too much of a people to people business it's like i don't really like online training i have a few but they 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 go uh, let's say i have a few from uh, Soleil that they travel all over the world now it's starting again but uh, again those guys i'm going to do it but for anyone i would prefer to train people one on one like like face to face than doing them online but yeah. i always did that before so i don't like the aspect of what uh, the um the the pandemic did to shift everything online and i don't want to talk about the metaverse because that's even worse yeah i'm not getting into that but it's like that's a two-hour conversation like at least going. like everything's gonna be online everything yeah. has to be online if you want to be successful you got to think uh like for the future it's okay it's, i think it's mm -hmm. normal evolution but for the fitness i'm i'm not like too keen to it well, well, just to give you like a personal example, I reached out to you a while back and said, "Hey, what's what's you know what is your investment cost for for like essentially online training?" And it was yeah. an acquaintance of mine that saw our podcast together, and I, I don't know if he had followed you yeah. or whatever. And when I gave him the price, he said, "Well, I can buy." I didn't tell you this, but he said, "Well, I can get this template that is done everything that I need, health, nutrition, program for X amount of dollars, and I don't see why I would need exactly. it." And so, like, I can't communicate with people like that who don't understand the value proposition over something, right? It's yeah. like it's it's like you're buying gold versus fool's gold. There there is yeah. absolutely one thousand percent difference between the two, but because you can't differentiate. And that's the other thing. It's like, okay, well, now people aren't getting educated enough. They're getting manipulated in a market where, you know, social yep. media is really just word of mouth. It is word of mouth online. Mm -hmm. And people have always been successful without advertising. And they're always going to continue to be successful without advertising. In mm -hmm. the modern sense, just because I have a successful business doesn't mean I necessarily have to run TV ads, commercials, or radio ads. Or mm -hmm. whatnot, right? This is 20 years ago. Same thing applies today. Mm -hmm. Now, it can help with the right strategy and market, blah, 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 blah. But if you build the book of business and you've been doing this for 30 years and, and, and you're well known in the industry and you've set yourself up, then you can continue to grow and succeed and blah, 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 blah. So, but, but mm -hmm. I think the issue is, isn't so much in just the saturation. I think it's in the, in the lack of information and the real education yeah. behind what is happening and people have, you know, I mean, look at us as human beings. Like, I mean, the reason why TikTok is successful is because they are microdosed, little tiny, you know, 20 second blurbs of videos. They've extended it to three minutes, but they're really quick. Right. So it's like you get this Which stimulus. Which is what most dopamine attention has. Yeah. 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 Just a quick yeah. dopamine yeah. hit and my attention span is done. I can't sit through something that is going to teach me something and I'm going to get better because I have the mm -hmm. attention span of a hummingbird or whatever the case may be. Like it's pretty exactly. terrible. Wow. It's pretty terrible. And mm -hmm. I think that's that's the cause and concern. Um, Crystal, your thoughts? If you can well, pass, we can go to the next. No, time. no. I, I actually, I think I have just an interesting perspective or a different one, at least just from. Yeah, we're old farts. No, 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 but even just growing up with my dad, when things started to transition media wise and he realized mm. that he needed to put so much more online, yeah. I remember how much he dreaded it because he was like, now it's a, a, like the people that would come to seminars and travel. It was the same principle we talked about earlier with the hard work aspect. He mm -hmm. valued people who would take the time, money all of that to actually learn from yep. him and interact with coaches. Cause I even know just attending some of his seminars or um, some of the seminars we have had just interacting with the coaches and the students is so much more rewarding than yep. anything I've seen online. And I think mm -hmm. when you're specifically talking about the transition of the fitness industry to internet and social media and all of that, I noticed a huge difference. 
I think especially because I'm in the age range where most people start to get into fitness. Yeah. Like you're yeah. finally at a high school sports, all this stuff. And now you can kind of have the free time to discover fitness, or at least that's what I've noticed. And especially since my age group loves like TikTok, Instagram, all of that, all the fitness stuff is immediate pretty much. Mm -hmm. And you can become, you know, TikTok famous just by having a nice body and you post your workouts. Yeah. And then all of a sudden yeah. you have a whole platform just because you have a good physique. Now you could know all of these principles and all of this other stuff that gave you that, or you could just be genetically blessed and the workout program worked for you. When you're 17 to 21 mm -hmm. years old, it is highly unlikely. And that's the thing. It is highly unlikely, you know, and, and it goes back to like knowledge and expertise, going back to your statement about like having to travel to go to these like keynotes, these seminars that he hosts. One thing I've seen someone, I, I, I think uh, Christian has done this. Um, Thib Army, I can't pronounce his last name. I don't want to yeah. butcher it, but Bado, yeah. Um, he, yeah, Thibodeau, he does some, you know, he'll do like these online seminars where you have to have an investment. I thought that was interesting. Because what people do in the high ticket space is that in the service industry, whether it be like generate business leads, sales, whatever, customers, or you want to learn a skill, they'll run a webinar, which is essentially like this, and they'll do it live. And then they'll sell like a high ticket thing. But now what they're doing, some of these smarter people are like, hey, you want to get this information you're, for you to attend because we have limited seats, just like a physical space. It is going, there's an investment, whether it be $100, $500, $1,000, doesn't matter, that's irrelevant. But they're utilizing this as an investment just to get people to understand that when they're there, they have to be there and they're willing to sit down and learn and whatnot. So that could be like the pivot that, that could alleviate some of these pain points that I'm seeing in the space, but it's still, it's so dramatic. Anyways. Enough talking about that. I, I did want to. <laughs> no, but you know what? That's good because that, that's exactly yeah. the point. There's some people that the coaches that they want to have the 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 personal experience, like the the one on one and live personal experience. So they're gonna pay the extra amount to go there. And you, they're, you're, you're they're buying access. Now, yeah, exactly. And like you wouldn't get the same. Uh, even if you you called uh, Charles to get uh, a consultation, it was expensive, but it was never going to be the same as if you're sitting down with him. And he, because Charles was like that, he he felt how you were, and he was able to match the energy. And that that's one thing that like I really respected of that of uh, Charles is that he he was able to take the information and then give it to you the way you need it. Yeah. So may, maybe yeah. it was I, like I actually, advanced. Yeah. Yeah. I, I actually noticed that on the Tim Ferriss podcast that he did with them. Mm. He did exactly what you just described. He matched yeah. his energy. And the other thing that I noticed is that when he's around an expert in their field, he completely honors and respects that. He doesn't try to take Absolutely. that away from them which is so huge. Yeah. How many people come into an interview thinking they're just hot shit? Hey, I'm Mr. Know-it-all. I know everything. I'm the bomb. I'm influencer person. You know, it doesn't matter yeah. what field of study they're in or expertise that they're in. So I, mm -hmm. I totally agree with you. Speaking of the yeah, Tim Ferriss interview, um, at the yeah. time when podcasting was still as an infancy, that was one of the largest, most played, downloaded interviews wow. of all time, like of all time. Mm -hmm. Like it, it, it's insane. And and the fact that it was with a strength coach, which is very niche specific, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. About the industry mm -hmm. of, of health and fitness and nutrition. But like, again, your father, the way he articulates and, and, and his humor, his little, what I call like the little dark humor, which I share. Um, cause <laughs> you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> uh, I find incredibly hilarious, incredibly entertaining. It's just, I wish he would have done more of these interviews, these mm -hmm. podcasts. I wish podcasting was what it is now, you know, when, when he started, you know, maybe even 10, 15 years ago, because I think the world would have, you know, gained a more uh, 
gained a better understanding and perspective of what real strength and fitness and, and nutrition really should be. Um, not to say that he was the pinnacle, but in my opinion, he was like, and I mean that I like Crystal, I don't care if you're here or not. I'll block you out. I'm telling you, I think Charles <laughs> Falkwin was the freaking man. And, and it's just sad. I never had the opportunity to, to meet him, but so, so grateful that you're here and, and taking the time to do it. And so grateful for you, Eric, for being able to set this all up. Like when you texted me, I literally like, I ran to my wife. I'm like, honey, look, look, guess who I get to have? <laughs> Charles Paulquin's daughter is going to be on my podcast. <laughs> With Eric, he's like, what? Who? Like, Paul Quinn, you know? Oh, yeah, that guy? I'm like, yeah. Oh, my God. Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's, a big, it's a big honor for me that you're here and, and that you're both taking the time to do it. Um, so my next question to you uh, about your dad, and, and either of you guys can answer this question. Um, how long did it take him to, to get to the Charles Paul Quinn that everybody knew? Like, how much, how much study? Because all I heard and all I watched of him was essentially like uh, beating science to the game, beating tests and studies to the game mm-hmm. by, by, by actual application, like being in the field, which is so underrated. And I think people, you know, they, 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 they take that for granted. They think if it's, if it's not researched and, and have been, has been studied drastically, then it's it's not applicable or or it cannot work. But that's what that's what he was known for. I mean, he literally like created things before they were even created or tested and proven. So, um, like, what are, what are your thoughts about that? Like, how long did it take him for to, to get to that point? Well, my dad, his one of his biggest principles was that you could never stop learning. Like, all. The whole time I was growing up, he was always learning something new or always reading something else. And it wasn't just from one specific field. And I think that's what helped with his just vast amount of knowledge is he wanted to produce the best results. And fitness isn't just limited down to like how much weight you can lift. Mm -hmm. Like he would study acupuncture. He would study just everything he could to have the best understanding of the human body. And then he would read psychology because that has a lot to do with how you train an athlete, all of this stuff. And then he just kept chasing the results. So with whatever new knowledge he learned, he would just try to think of how to apply it because everything you just, and then if you think about studies, I mean, there Oh, new studies are always coming out. Stuff that used to be the fact can change with new mm-hmm. research, new results, all of that kind of stuff. And I think he carried that with him when it came to his own knowledge. He knew that he needed to keep it up to date and to keep growing or else what was it worth? Yeah, no, totally. Absolutely. I, uh, I, I think he, he had this ability where um, he just, he was, it was like almost absurdly confident in his ability and, and in his knowledge and in his expertise, which I find so admirable. And people could look at it and be like, oh, he's just arrogant. He's not because arrogance mm-hmm. is, is, is talking the talk, but not being able to walk the walk. You know, it's not being able to back up the things that you're actually saying, doing, et cetera. So, uh, what about you, Eric? Like what, when, when do you think like, um, like what, what was the thing that really stuck out to you with Charles in, in respect to some of the modalities that he was able to apply, you know, early on, um, you know, prior to being verified by science and testing? It's, what, what I've learned, uh, the most and what I still use with uh, clients is his ability to read people. And like I said, matching the energy, but also while doing it, he, he learned a lot from how to deal with people as well. So I think that's why he was so successful and had results fast is his ability to pinpoint like what, what aspect, what habit he could like tweak or change. Without about the effort, about the client or the athlete, the the oh. client or athlete is the same. But uh, as soon as he was trying to help someone, he was trying to find what's the most 
what what would influence the most his results by doing the least so because most people want to have results fast so he right. his what he wanted to do is to take someone help them but by tweaking what he knew was going to uh, help the, the the client or the athlete the most so that's why all the evaluation that he did like the clad test and all that when we started we did the all the the like the crazy evaluations before that like the 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 the, the first one with the bench press all the 1rm and all that we he tested it on us like the strength coaches at the beginning like i think it was man at least 20 years ago and when we started doing the the protocols he tested everyone on this so he was fast to get all the data and all that but when you went to see him or one of his coaches our mm -hmm. goal was to take the client do a few tests and start with what we knew was going to give us the most results and i think that's why he was successful and he was so confident because he was able to read the person in a matter of minutes like he was going to ask you a few questions and then after that okay let's do this but he knew so much like crystal said like he was reading so much he was able to take the information and go right away to what he needed to take and when he, what uh, the client or the athlete need, needs uh, needed to do and that's why he got results fast and that's that was the whole i think one of the his main goal was to get results fast but that was uh were the, those results were lasting like it wasn't just a matter of a few months it, they were lasting every people like all the hockey players that he took all went all, almost all of them went into strength coaching and coaching clients and coaching uh, other uh, hockey players because the information that he got that they got from Charles was so successful that when they told someone they tried got results right away and just like that just some simple tips like that so that's why he knew so much that he was able to pinpoint the information right away which was going to give the client or the athlete the best results and fast and i think that's why i i'm not that good but i i try to do the same thing don't sell yourself short like to, yeah exactly no no but no no exactly that's it but no just to just to try and help them the fa as fast as possible but for example i get a client and then i'm gonna do an evaluation like half of the the evaluation is going to be on nutrition uh, habits and everything related to that mm -hmm. and the other half is going to be on uh, structural testing structural balance and all that so with the nutrition and uh like the the habits part like i need five ten minutes and i i know right away what i'm gonna do the rest of the 30 minutes is gonna be on uh, how can i make them understand and how i'm gonna be able to make them do it as like fast and understand what they're what they're doing as well same thing mm -hmm. for the structural balance in the gym and and all the protocols after that so I learned all that from there. And I think that's why uh, we coaches, like everybody that went through Char, learned this and tried to apply the same when they, they were with their clients. It's almost like reverse engineering psychology. Mm -hmm. Especially, you know, what you said, Crystal, you said they really study psychology. And then like, you know, he had this, he had this talk about um, the five elements you know, the fire, wood, earth, mm -hmm. metal, water, um, which, you know, I think Christian is kind of taking to, you know, uh, his, his level of things, which is calling neurological, yeah. neurological profile. But, um, so I, I personally study a lot, uh, the, to do with the brain, um, only because I'm fascinated and I've had ADHD pretty much my whole life. And so I'm very dopamine driven, but I have very low dopamine levels. And so, um, I find that very fascinating. Like when you're doing, when you're doing these, like, you know, uh, these interviews and, and whatnot, or when, when Charles was trying to, trying to identify this person, do you, do you think he was essentially doing that? Like, Oh, maybe this guy's more, 
you know, dopamine dominant or has less serotonin or GABA or whatever the case may be, like based on attention span and fidginess and, and, you know, comfort level and things like that. Do you think like they was literally doing like some nonverbal cues and, and, and some behavioral psychology just to, I mean, to a basic level, right? But if for him to have such mm-hmm. an innate understanding of humans and being able to mm-hmm. decipher and understand that so quickly, to be able to reverse engineer that and then essentially start with the thing that's going to work best for them. Like there has to be some, yeah. like that's mad intuition and science combined, you know, but also like a lot of experience as well, because like right. the, the amount of athletes that he had, he was able to take, like uh, he, he was able to get like uh, the whole plethora of uh, clients. And let's say on a hundred, he was able to, uh, put them in like, uh, let's say, okay, dopamine dominant. And like, he was able to give you like names right away. Okay. This is that type. Or he, he knew like he was so fast memory. I don't think I knew someone, uh, that could beat him at that. Really? So like a photogenic memory. Uh, He's like memory and just recalling like research where, okay. I saw that like we, he came uh, to the gym. And we were talking about like crystal, our kids and all that. And then we came into uh, research on training and new stuff that's coming out. And then he, like the name of the person who did the research with who and how and uh, like everything related to that, he was able to do that. And it's like, it was like fast. If he didn't, it would bug him so much. Then we, I would receive a text like two hours later. That's the guy. And then, okay, that's it. So we knew like where to go, but it, it was incredible. His memory was like, and for a guy that read that much and was able to like differentiate that, like try to uh, remember all that, he was able to do it. And it was uh, very impressive. Crystal, how much did your father read? Well, the, he read a lot, but the thing is he is, I've never known anybody who can read as fast either as my yeah, dad. <laughs> like he, he'd, I'd ask him, you know, to look over my paper or something. And I thought it would take him a lot longer and he would just go, okay, well, this is what you need to like, it is it, it like nothing oh. to him. So I, I don't, I don't think That's he spent a good amount of time just because he was able to go through it so quickly. I, he, he had this mm. little technique that he talked about where he would read on a Kindle and correct me if I'm wrong, but he would read like diagonal down so that he could read faster is what he was trying to describe. Is that, is that true? I, I don't know. He never told me that, but yeah, I remember he said something yeah. for an X, something like that. Yeah, yeah. So that he can like, he go faster. That. He said ever since like the Kindles came out, he's like, hyper productive or something. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, no, for real. I have a fun question. Okay. And, and whoever answered, both of you answer, but what do you think, um, Charles is, uh, I guess his favorite program that he either adopted, created, modified, whatever the case, you know, cluster sets, German volume training, the five, eight method contrast sets, whatever. I don't know. Like out of everything that he's done, I guess what was the thing that he really enjoyed the most that he was able to sustain and still found fulfillment in it? Anything that has to do with arms. <laughs> I, was, I was just about to say it has to, some bicep exercise <laughs> with a giant, yeah. Yeah. thick handle. Oh man, isn't it funny yeah. that like at the time, at the time where he was wanting to develop these these just monstrous. Grip, grip, thick grip handles. And mm. now we live in a world where it's just the norm. I mean, you could literally, like, that's just, you know, you can buy it. When as, there's no thick grip in the gym, you know, it's shit. So yeah. it's like, and it's, there's a lot. Yeah. The, like, the dumbbells now are a bit thicker. Like, it, yeah. 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 He I, came out with that. Yeah. I mean, I have a, I have a knurled axle bar, like an axle bar, you know, it's really mm. thick. So, like, being able to use, like, that's common. And I actually found it in a commercial gym, too. Some other things, some other uh, appendages. And also I've been noticing a lot of uh, like grip work, grip attachments and and things like that, which he was a huge advocate of. I mean, I, I've never seen your dad in person, but his forearms look like Popeyes. Like I, <laughs> you, you know, correct me if I'm yeah. wrong. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a, 
Legendary. Legendary. Go ahead. Oh, well, that just, this is such a tangent, but you just reminded me because of his forearms. My dad was really big into pressure points along with martial arts just in general. Um, But there's this one pressure point here, and it was always super hard to get to on him because of his forearms. Like I could never get to it. Because they're so thick and has like levels. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember one time he took me out to breakfast before school and his arms were just resting on the table. And I just, I I think I was around 11 or so. And I asked him, I was like, can you hit someone's pressure point? Like just hit it. And he's like, yeah, sure. I guess you can. And so I just reached over, I just slammed, like just slammed into his <laughs> forearm. And I was so proud because he couldn't move it for about 10 minutes. Oh, oh my God. So that's good. I'm pretty proud. And you, the thing is that I'm sure you was proud too. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, well, she got me. She got me. <laughs> it was a little awkward for him. <laughs> but yeah. Did you get his but dominant I, hand? You got his dominant hand. Oh, yeah, so he couldn't eat for 10 minutes. Yeah, he just had to rest there for a bit. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, I mean, and then with the arm protocols that you guys were talking about, I was just thinking about his gym in the springs we have here. All the dumbbells are those thick, you know, but I remember when he first Mm. ordered them, he was so excited that he could finally get Mm. them the way he wanted with the thick grip. So. It's definitely an accurate statement for sure. <laughs> do, do, do you still have them? Mm-hmm. Oh, fantastic. I, I love them so much. I hate it when I have to go back to school because we don't have those kind of dumbbells. And I mm. always notice such a difference in my strength when I go back. Absolutely. Like, it's, yeah. it's the worst. <laughs> for, for me, it's, it's elbow yeah. pain. It's constant elbow pain um, with, with the thinner, thinner handles. I mean, I, I can't remember the last time that I actually even like bench pressed or overhead pressed um, with just a regular standard barbell. I'm either, I'm either using like my cambered bar, which is about uh, two inches thick, or or my axle bar, only because it's more comfortable on my elbows. It's more comfortable on my shoulders and all around. It just feels good. Um, when I ask you a question, you don't have to answer it if you don't want to. If it's if it's gonna make you sad, we'll we'll just we'll cut this okay. out. But okay. I just wanted to know. What, what, and again, you don't have to answer this question, but (laughs) what are you going to miss most about your dad? Oh man. Um, I I think one thing I think a lot about now that I guess I miss the most is just how much I've grown and changed since his passing. And I think at the place I am now, what I miss about him the most is his knowledge. I think that's something I really took for granted as a kid, just because it wasn't something that I found necessary or necess- like even had interest in, just because it was his job. And I did think it was cool, but I didn't see the need for me to have it. Mm-hmm. But now that I'm older, just I so badly wish I could just sit down with him and just talk about everything and actually soak it all in Mm. instead of I think that's what I would guess I would miss the most is just having a relationship with him outside of the father-daughter because I think as presented by all the people in his life and just his interaction with the industry as a whole he connected with so many people and Mm. I do have a unique perspective like being his daughter, but I didn't really get to see that other side of him as much. And I think with age, that would have changed. Built a friendship outside of just the father daughter role. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's something I'm sometimes envious of when it comes to other people is their stories that they share with me about him or whatever, just because it's not the same relationship. So why should I have the same stories? Um, but I guess that's something. Can I give you just one comment to what you're just saying? They may have had that side of him, but nobody had the side that you did. No one. Yeah. And, 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 and I'm not saying like, you know, uh, you know, spouse or whatnot. I'm telling you the connection that a father has with their daughter 
is unbreakable. There's nothing like it. And he wouldn't trade anything. Like there's just, I, I'm speaking as a father and like, this is all cool. And having friends is great. And those relationships are fun, but the power and, and the intimacy and, and the love and the connection is just, nobody's going to have that, but you, nobody. Oh, well, thank you. That makes me feel better. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I, I, I go ahead, Eric. Did you have something to say? I just want to ask one more question. I no, know no, I'm good, I'm good. We're, we're running on time. Can't um, top that. Like it, yeah. that was the best question. And we'll, we'll like end the, on the, the, we'll end on the lighter term. We'll end on the lighter term. Um, yeah. But where, that, that, like I said, like when, uh, when Charles came at the gym that we, we talked about our kids and, uh, like I saw that side because every time that he, he, uh, we were in conferences. It was like all the jokes and all the dark humor and all that. Okay. So that's one side of Charles. But like when he came to my gym, like it's always quiet. It's like very chill and he knew everyone there. But when he wanted to be quiet and just do a small, like a good workout, but no one's going to come and bug him, he came to my gym because there's other big gym in the Montreal area. And every, every time we went to another big gym, like every guy was like asking him questions. So it was so long for him to train. And he said, no, whatever. So he came to my gym. But every time we finished the workout, we were sitting at the front taking our shake, post-workout shake. But we always talked and about 20,000 amino capsules. <laughs> yeah, that, that's it. Still works. Yeah, I still do. But um, it's, yeah, yeah. And um but every time we talked about the kids, especially for Crystal, how he see he saw you, it's like exactly what um, what uh, Mo said. It's exactly that. Like he changed completely. We were like so like I it, I I can't say it how he was how how he was how he was talking about you. So yes, exactly like Mo said. Like there's nothing like that. The, the, there really isn't. There really isn't. But Crystal, I, I want to end with this. What, where, what's going to happen? Like what's, what's going to happen with your father's legacy? What, where, where do you, where's your role in all of this? Are you wanting to have a role or you just want to let it, you know, kind of take its own shape? Like, where do you see it going? Because I'm just really curious and I've been so curious and this is just a question for me personally. It's a selfish question. Um, I guess I just want to see where it goes. You know, I think it's hard for me to give an exact answer just because his legacy is so different than it initially started. Like yeah. strength sensei it has t had to go a completely different direction since my dad, which obviously makes sense. Um, but I just want it to keep growing. And I, I mean, we have an amazing team of coaches and I, I think it could serve as a great education platform. And I really want people to just keep using it like that. And I think we've had to make adjustments because of COVID and mm -hmm. just a bunch of things and navigating, sorry, our garage is very loud. Um, Navigating through all of that, I think, you know, it's hard to give an exact answer because you never know how things are going to change and adapt. But I just am excited to see where it goes and that hopefully it keeps growing. That's what I would like for it. Are you um, involved in it at all? I I am. It's just I, I definitely took a back seat. Yeah. Because um, I... When my father passed, I was his only, you know, kid. And so I got everything. And I was just so incredibly overwhelmed by having his company and everything that came with it. And just out of love for my dad, I I had this fear that I would disappoint or I would let it down. And so I've taken that back seat because I just want the best for his legacy and for his company. And there's so many people that I've been so lucky to meet and work with. And it, Strength Sensei wouldn't be where it is without, you know, 
everybody that's helped and come along my side. And it's because of my dad and the relationship with my dad and all of that. So I don't know, I guess it's, I want to have a more active role. I think it's just me taking a second and separating my relationship with my dad a bit. And I think I've had a hard time with that for a while, like separating the business from my relationship with my father. So, I mean, yeah, it's, 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 it's taking logic away from emotion. And when the two are fused together, it can be a little diff difficult. Um, my question, my last question is prior to all of this happening with your father, for all the unknowns and everything prior to all of that, when you're going to school, what were your aspirations? Like, what were you wanting to do in the first place? If, if you had any like clear set goals, I mean, I know that's, you know, your kids, like, you know, nobody knows, but like, w did you ever aspire to, to be in that lane that, that your father is in, that he created? Was that something that you were interested in or were you shifted somewhere completely out, you know, different? Um, initially it wasn't my lane at all and not what I was interested in. And I think solely because it had been my whole life because my mom is also involved in that industry. Yeah. And so everybody I knew and everyone I grew up around, that was everything. And I wanted to see, uh, you know, before everything, what else I was interested in just, and I think also I felt that it was kind of hard to follow in my father's footsteps. Um, so initially, initially I had interest in cinema we have changed. <laughs> I have definitely changed. And now I'm studying psychology and awesome. I have an interest in sports psychology specifically. Very cool. So very useful. I've found my way back. <laughs> very, but very yeah. cool. Yeah. Well, that's fantastic. I, I'm excited to see where you're going to go and where this is going to go and where are you going to be the next decade? So I do a lot of work. 10% of my work is with special forces. But for example, the Canadians. The Canadian Special Forces have actually espoused the paleo diet. They've cut their carbs, increased their protein. I'm going to tell you later why it's so important. But the first thing you should eat in the morning, as much as possible, should be raw meat.